it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, I'm Scott Soshner. And I'm Evan Novi Williams, and this is the Chelsea Sale Nears Completion Sports Business Podcast, The Sportacast. Oh, from your lips, Evan Novi Williams. You know, <laughs> yeah, I love big stories. You know, you and I love when there are big global stories. I love the clipper sale, something to sink your teeth into that. People were interested in it on a global basis, everybody asking you, but to have Chelsea and the Broncos and AC Milan and the Guardians and the, the Nationals. Nationals, we need to start ticking some of these off. Like, okay, deal completed, right? And there may be some more to come. How often, when you're talking with folks in the sports business realm, do they say, so what do you think of Chelsea? Who's going to get Chelsea? How? I mean, for me? Every darn day, every darn conversation. All the time. And it, it it was the Broncos for a while there. If you had asked me that question in January and February and early March, it was the Broncos. I, I don't know if you've experienced this. More people are asking about Chelsea now than the Broncos. I think part of that yeah. is that it's clear that this is going to wrap up first, that it's happening faster. So they, they, they know there's maybe more immediate news happening there. But it's amazing how the, the soccer team has kind of eclipsed the NFL team in, in conversations that I'm having. Um, and it's, it's not just who it's how much everybody wants to know, Scott, is it, is it going to be over 3 billion? Is it going to be over 4 billion? Is it going to be over 5 billion? There's kind of a mystery, I think to the Chelsea process that doesn't exist right now in the Broncos process in that there's a much wider range of numbers. I think here for Chelsea that would both, that would not surprise a lot of people. And along with that Clipper sale, which was a forced sale, you get that frothy, right? It's an unexpected, nobody thought Roman Abramovich would be selling Chelsea. It hadn't been on the radar, and then all of a sudden you get Russia invading Ukraine, and you start to hear some drumbeat, and then he makes one move, I'm going to turn it over for now, and then all of a sudden the team's, you know, the team's on the market. So you do get sort of that surprise element of, whoa, 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 what's happening, and, and why is this happening, and people are very interested. And then the follow-up is, okay, the who? And when you're dealing with Todd Bowley and Josh Harris and Steve Paliuka, these are big-time U.S. Sports League team owners, then you sort of get everybody, even the casual sports fan, sort of gets interested because it's almost impossible to avoid this. If you read the internet, you know, if you go on ESPN.com to look for a score of a game, you could have gotten a Chelsea update sort of what's going on. So it was just a hard story to ignore, even if you were trying to. You add all that up, the surprise element, the froth, and then the who, 
and then order this interest makes perfect sense. And as for the Broncos, uh, knowing that you have Todd Bowley and Josh Harris also interested in the Broncos, it makes perfect sense for this to come to completion first. Uh, and then people are asking me, of course, well, if either of those guys gets Chelsea, will they also stay in on the Broncos? You know, So to be determined, I would be surprised if Josh Harris gets Chelsea. I'd be surprised if he stays on the Broncos. If Todd Bowley gets Chelsea, I would not be surprised if he stays in and tries to also land the Broncos. So I'll at least answer that question in case anybody's wondering. One of the things I find, I think this this part of the Chelsea process, which is a process that, that a part of the process that happens with with all the major teams, is really interesting. We it took about four weeks, Scott, to go from oh Chelsea's for sale to us having four finalists. It's now three finalists, but it's going to take about the same amount of time uh, for us to go from those finalists to the actual winner. Walk us through what's happening in these weeks. We know who the, the the leader of each of these three bid groups is. I'm sure they already have a rough idea of well, how, on, willing, how much there, they're willing Evan. to Hold pay. on, yeah. let me stop you there. You say we know who the leader is. Who's the leader of the Josh Harris bid? And I call it the Josh Harris bid, but who's the leader of that So bid? if you're talking money, it's Harris and Blitzer. Right. Okay, but, but that's not how it's being portrayed <laughs> in the UK. No, I think that's interesting, and we we can get into that. The, the point I'm trying to make actually is just that we know kind of the the basic outline of a lot of these groups, we and we've known it for weeks, and I think they've known roughly how willing, how much money they're willing to spend on on Chelsea. But we're, we keep seeing names pop up. John Terry has joined uh, Steve Paliuka's group, and and Larry Tannenbaum has joined former Blues <laughs> captain John Terry, and and has joined Paliuka's group, and 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 and. Jonathan Goldstein, the the London-based real estate mogul, has joined Bowley's group, and Lewis Hamilton and Serena Williams have joined the Harris group. It seems like there is just this massive beefing up of both capital, but maybe more importantly than capital, just people that have relevance in the global celebrity world or in the London real estate world. There's just so much jockeying for positioning that's happening at the step below who's leading the group and how much are they paying. Yeah, absolutely. And I will tell you, somebody involved in the process uh, has told me, and I believe even the bidders concur, that this is the most complicated M&A transaction that the parties have ever been involved in. And now I didn't say sports M&A. This is the most complicated M&A transaction. And maybe this gives me an idea. Do we call up my old pal and colleague, John Hellyer, one of the author, authors of uh, Guardian or um, Barbarians at the Gate, mm. rather, uh, and say, hey, you know, reminiscent of the RJR Nabisco deal. And boy, does this kind of harken back to just sort of this complicated deal making. And I think we're on, we're on parallel tracks here, Evan. You mentioned all the people joining the bid groups because this will be viewed as also the best steward for the club, not just the richest, not just the highest bidder. This is not an estate or trust sale like the Broncos that has to go to the most money. People, the government are looking for who will be great stewards of this franchise. Okay, that's one. However, I can also tell you that all three bidders are out there trying to raise money and, and trying to have the highest bid. It's never going to hurt to say, I'm 50 million, I'm 100 million clear of that person over there. That doesn't hurt. So it's op operating on parallel tracks. You want to have a great offer numbers wise, and then you want sort of the entity who ultimately decides who's going to own this team, the British government, to say this group is best suited for success at Chelsea. They have locals, they have know-how, they have special, they have expertise in particular areas of sport. 
So all of that will come into play. But it is fun. It is on parallel tracks. I don't want to give the impression that money doesn't matter because they're all out there trying to raise money and increase their bid. And, and let's talk about the the kind of the the, the name the the, the 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 main name that gets used in the press. Um, if you look at British uh, news sources that are covering this Chelsea sale, you're right. The Harris Blitzer bid in particular is not called the Harris Blitzer bid. It's called the, the Sir Martin Broughton and Seb Co bid. Martin Broughton being a uh, British airline magnate and Seb Co being uh, a former gold medalist who is now a fairly high ranking politician in the UK. I think that that's really smart. Marketing is maybe not the right word, but I think that's the right way to position this, right? That that for, for people in the UK, there's there's two bids led by American billionaires that own other teams, Steve Bellyuka and, and Todd Bowley. And then, oh, there's this British bid that's led by Martin Broughton and, uh, and, and Sebastian Coe. That seems like it is maybe a, a very intentional and a smart maneuver for Harris and Blitzer when they think about the way that the public Chelsea fans, the Chelsea supporters who have a little bit of a, a, of leverage here, how everybody thinks about their bid relative to the others. Well, I can tell you, we'll give a little inside info here without mentioning names. I can tell you for certain, and it did not come from the top three, the names that you know of the bid group. Uh, but I'm sure you've probably heard a Yankee bloke, you know, once or twice about a uh, couple times from, from, from the brawn bid. Right. And I, I don't think marketing is an insulting way to put it. I think it's right on, actually. This, this, this is about, you know, this is about perception. This, this is all about marketing matters right now. Yeah. What's the perception in the UK? And if it's a brawn bid, not a, not a Josh Harris bid, I think that's a good thing for them. Absolutely. Even though everybody knows it's a Harris Blitzer bid it's being portrayed that way you know you you shine up the car that that's fine but i can tell you over the past few weeks that there has been a certain element of let's say trash talking all right ownership bid trash talking from about one group to the other and and i always caution and i will give an example during the florida marlins sale it was the florida marlins back then it was not the miami marlins i believe it was florida but I will tell you this. One member of one bid group called me to point out something disparaging about the member of another bid group. And, you know, we checked it out. It was something that we could absolutely confirm. And sure enough, we, you know, we wound up writing about it and pointing this out about a member of bid group B. Well, I mean, this isn't going to happen here. At least I don't think it's going to happen here. But in the U.S. sports bids, this often happens where groups will consolidate. So by the end of that process, <laughs> the person who had tipped me off and the person we wrote about had consolidated into the same, bid same group. team. <laughs> yeah. So I went back to that person and said, that didn't work out so well for you, did it? <laughs> just, just so people get a little insight into how these processes work. But we are talking about this because we are hearing, Eben, that a decision on Chelsea's owner could come at the end of this week, Thursday or Friday. Uh, a pretty speedy timetable, but when you've got qualified bidders and a trophy asset, it, it can happen pretty quickly. Really speedy, and, and it's, it's worth underscoring because we were laughing about how uh, how exhausted we are of this story at the beginning, but we went. it's going to be about eight weeks from from Roman Abramovich making it clear that he was willing to and and, and, and was going to sell this soccer team to having, unless something dramatically changes, Scott, the most expensive sports team transaction the world has ever seen. I find that to be fairly remarkable that, that all of this happened in, 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 in essentially record time. Yeah. Uh, you tell me now, by the way, this is not where I excel. I did put on some EPL action 
this weekend. Mm. I don't remember. Well, I think it was Man U. I think I put on some Man U. Okay. So Ronaldo, Ronaldo scored. I know that. I don't know if they won or lost. They I think lost. That, I think they were down. I think that was down. Or sorry, one, to Arsenal. Saw, yeah. Okay. Okay. So there we go. Um, where's Chelsea in the? Uh, normally, I'd say standings. Where's Chelsea in the table? In the table? I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Where, where Where does Chelsea stand right now? You want to go look it up if you don't know? No, I, they're in the. I don't know if they're third or fourth, but they're in the definitely Champions League or definitely Champions League, but definitely not going to win the league. The EPL. Well, it's, okay. it's a it's a two horse race between Man City and and Liverpool, but Chelsea is very comfortably in playing in Champions League next year. So if I'm a prospective bidder, I'm happy to know that the Champions League revenue will be part of this uh, ledger. Okay, well, that's important. All right, let's move on to topic number two, uh, and it's sports and it's investment and it's private equity. Kudos to Brendan Coffey digging through some filings. Found out that Arctos Sports Partners now has $3.9 billion dollars under management, $3.9 billion with a B, up a billion dollars from where they were in October. Remarkable fundraising, and they are not shy about putting that capital to work. Still can't buy Chelsea with that. Probably still can't buy Chelsea with that with that amount, Scott. But but yeah, it, it's, it's a remarkable amount of money. We talk about Arctos a lot on this show because they are consistently doing big deals. They have stakes in NHL teams like the Lightning and the Wild. Baseball teams like the Cubs, the Giants, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, an MLS team in, in Real Salt Lake. They're starting to, Scott, and I think this is maybe the most interesting, maybe next phase of what Arctos is doing, is they're starting to invest not just in sports franchises, but in other businesses that do a lot of work in this industry, one of those being Elevate Sports Partners. Uh, so th there's a lot going on at Arctos, but I do think that it, 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 we're going to be hearing more and more about these other types of deals, not just buying into, into clubs in, in leagues where they allow private equity investors, but more buying into kind of the picks and shovels approach to, to companies that do a lot of work, whether that's in marketing, whether that's in ticket sales, whether that's in, 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 in consulting, whatever it is, companies that do a lot of work in the sports space. And there's obviously a lot of synergies between those companies and, and, and the other parts of the Arctos portfolio. And you find that they do distinguish themselves in sort of flagship premier brands. Like that, it's not it's not just any team they buy into. It seems it has to fit into sort of a perceived excellence space, like kind of white label stuff. Uh, but it's been primarily in the U.S. and the U.S. sports leagues. I think you and I agree on the fact that we wholeheartedly expect that to change. For sure, you know, you no, nobody is a sports investor these days and just looks within the borders of the U.S. You got to take a global look at. Uh, I mean, let's look at what's going on with Chelsea. You know, you, you got to take a look at not only the what, but the who, who do I align with, what are the other projects that they have, how can I capitalize on, ready for the Sam Kennedy, the platform companies that they are, is it media, is it real estate, is it tech, is it ticketing, you tell me, yes, but you, you want to be a part of the whole shebang. And they have relationships with all of these big investors that we're talking about, right? So Josh Harris and David Blitzer are leading a bid for Chelsea. Uh, their partners in Elevate, which which uh, which Arctos bought into. You have Todd Bowley here leading a bid for Chelsea. Uh, their partners in the Dodgers, which Todd Bowley is a co-owner. And there's just so many business relationships when you have uh, a, a firm like Arctos that has already invested so widely across the sports ecosystem. It also makes the next deal, I would imagine, slightly easier in that. If there's something big happening and you want to be a part of it, odds are that you're already uh, have a business relationship with, with somebody who's involved uh, pre-existing. And that, I imagine, is extremely valuable for them moving forward as well. 
So if I was writing a print story, give me the headline, like far-reaching tentacles, right? Private equities, far-reaching <laughs> tentacles, something like that. To get it flush left. We'll see if we can get that story right. That's good. That's good. You know what we hear all the time, by the way? Yeah, and, and we were tired of it, but now the story is but the Netflix of, mm. right? So now, what's the Netflix of if you report a subscriber loss and your stock price is down and you're changing your model what is in the sports world what's the netflix of do we have something or is it just now we can just say hey netflix is changing and here's what's happening and here's why i, I don't know if you caught this jacob feldman our colleague had a great tweet right after this popped up that that oh that, you told me about this yeah. but i completely forgot about it yeah, 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 yeah. That, that netflix needs a drive to survive style show to, to revive popularity <laughs> in its platform <laughs> which i think is uh it was very funny yeah it, i mean a mess for netflix last week as you mentioned scott reported there, I think the first quarterly subscriber loss in 10 years. In a decade, yeah. And, and then hinted at another 2 million uh, of lost subscribers likely coming in the next quarter or so. I don't want to point fingers at those people, the, those folks, those nefarious folks who share passwords, who may be younger than me and and may co-host a podcast to, who <laughs> loves to... Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, no, no, I wasn't referring to you. Uh <laughs> You know, but it's not a surprise that people share passwords and it's not a surprise that at some point you thought Netflix would have to crack down on that. And yeah, like, you know, like you just said, it's the first subscriber loss significant in a decade. And you also hear, you know, Reed Hastings saying, you know, maybe we'll offer some sort of a la carte ad supported. So now you're changing for years. It was no, 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 no ads, no ads. Are people willing to tolerate? It's kind of like Spotify or, or any of the other um, audio apps. You know, my, my, son, my son just, you know, my uh, focus group of one, he will complain all the time. I refuse just out of principle. I had to sit through radio and, and ads and I do not have satellite radio in my car. Mm. It, it's, it's like three pennies a month. Like it, I, it's, for me, it's about the principle. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not paying to not listen to ads. It's okay. I got through my childhood listening to ads. You had to wait for your song and you had to know what a song was. Now the digital thing on the car tells you what the song is and the artist. It's complete cheating. But I, I refuse and I will not get him a, a premium version of any of it. So he and a couple of his friends who also have cheap parents like me refuse to do it and they they just kvetch the entire time. <laughs> so So there's a few interesting sports angles to talk about Netflix with. The, the big one being, of course, one of the, another thing that Netflix has said for a very long time was not interested in live sports rights. It, it wants to do these, the, the strive to survive these, the, these content reality shows, but it does not want live sports. I've read in the past few days, got a few analyst notes for analysts saying, I think geek. Twitter should get into geek, live geek, sports. Geek. Wait, and, Twitter, and, is there anything and, going on with Twitter? <laughs> and it's then, not like well, there's any tumult. There's no Twitter tumult at all. And 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 then I've seen analyst notes saying the opposite, that, that Netflix should not get into sport, live sports, that, that, that they've actually charted the right course here for, for that company. Um, I don't trust a single thing that the CEOs say about live sports because, as you say, they said no ads until the minute they wanted to do ads. I would not be shocked if in the future Netflix said it wanted to do live, live rights. Do you think that that is possible realistic or, or do you think that, that 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 netflix which has already kind of carved out a niche as, as as essentially the only streaming service or one of the few right now that is that is not getting into live sports rights at all if they maybe re reverse course on that well it's not just reed hastings but ted sarandos did did address this it's sort of yeah. it's the price per entry right that's that's what the barrier is the price for live rights of the major sports leagues are so damn high 
Um, so that's one. The question is, are there tier two, tier three rights that perhaps Netflix can take advantage of? Right now, they're having great success with Drive to Survive. They are expanding that sort of that genre to tennis, to golf, uh, the the off the field, the emotional drama part of sports and teams. So they're having great success there. The question is, what is the price of integral programming for Netflix moving forward? Like, what are the top programs cost to produce? If that number sorts to reach what it would cost to take the NFL or a piece of the NFL or the NBA or baseball or MLS or the NHL. And I, I know a lot of those are locked up. I get it. Or the Big Ten or the Pac-12. But if those costs sort of become aligned, then I think you've got to look at live sports because the reason not to has gone away. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the the thing that I've kind of chuckled at in looking at a lot of the conversation around Netflix these past few days is, is people are talking about just how expensive the game is that they're in right now, how expensive these studio shows are. This show costs $5 million an episode. This costs, show costs $7 million, $10 million an episode, et cetera. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, live sports are so much more expensive than that, right? Any kind of premium live sports rights across many of the major college and, and pro leagues in the U.S. is going to cost Netflix probably a lot more than, than $5 million a game. Um, and as a result, I do wonder if, if, if the knock on Netflix is that they're getting into, they, they've dove into a world in movies and TV shows where there are a lot of established players and they're trying to spend their way past them. That that maybe doing that in 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 live sports is just going to be a more expensive version of this game that they're already maybe hitting a, hitting a glass a ceiling for uh, right now in entertainment. I feel like uh, this segment we should figure out which one of us plays John Orand, which one of us plays Andrew Marshand. <laughs> like I would I would think you'd be Marshand and I'd be Orand, right? Fair. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'll take that. I, th- I think that's fair enough. They do a great job covering sort of the just sports media, and I know they are absolutely looking at Netflix. It's a fascinating conversation because we're at a time when all the streaming services are looking at what can we know, Apple, or, you know, uh, Google, what's going to have happen to the NFL and, and the Sun to sell their media properties and, and some rights. And um, it, it's a fascinating uh, world if you're looking at, okay, well, do we have somebody else jumping in, right? And you know, do we have to redo Fang? Like, do we get rid of Fang? Is there something else we should be looking at? Like, how else do we... You know, have a, what terminology do we utilize for who else may be looking at live sports? Um, but, uh, you know, you, you and I, at least I know, will be following this for some time to come. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, Scott, let's let's close with a story that that our colleague Eric Jackson wrote at the end of last week that I thought that was... you pumped the tires on this one. And, you know, it didn't get read widely early, widely early on. And then all of a sudden, I don't, I don't know, it, it found some serious life. And you were right. Like, this was super interesting and people found it. Yeah. So I'll give the, the, the basic rundown right now, which is that as more and more states across the country legalize sports betting, they're doing so in, in with different intricacies to their laws. And, and one of the things we've seen in a number of states, we saw it in Arizona. Uh, we are going almost definitely to see it in Texas. Uh, we're seeing it in Ohio. We're probably going to see it in Georgia. Is that a few states like that are giving sports teams and venues within their borders, the, the, the ability to sell licenses. So more or less the state comes online, suddenly each team and, and, and major golf courses, et cetera, sports properties in the state have the ability to now sell market access to 
providers like DraftKings, like FanDuel, like Fubo, like PointsBet, et cetera. And that is obviously a really lucrative opportunity. If you're in Texas, one of the most populous states in the country with a ton of, of professional sports teams, operators uh, will pay a lot of money to do business in Texas. And if you are an MLS team in Texas and you have the ability to sell the right to do business in Texas, that's extremely lucrative. Why aren't you just saying Houston Dynamo? Just say it. (laughs) Houston Dynamo, Austin (laughs) FC. And and, and the interesting, this is obviously great for for teams in all leagues, where it gets most interesting and what Eric wrote about is that for teams in the smaller leagues, like MLS and especially like WNBA, you can sign these massive commercial partnerships that most people in your league in other cities and other states are not allowed to do. He he wrote about the Bally's deal with the Phoenix Mercury, the WNBA team in Arizona. They signed a $66 million deal with Bally Scott. I, I think if you put... What's the net worth of the team? Less yeah. than that, right? I don't think you can sell the Mercury for $66 million. Can now. <laughs> and and that's, that's, I think, the, the most interesting thing here is that deeper down than, than NLB and, and deeper down than NFL and NBA, there are teams now, the Houston Dynamo and Fubo, we broke this news uh, a few months ago, $178 million deal that, that they did. That's that's about half the, the value of the team itself. I mean, imagine the Yankees signing a, 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 a $3.5 billion sports betting deal. Uh, it, it is just massive amounts. And I know that there's some tension within these leagues. In, in MLS, for example, if, if you are I'm going to pick a random team, RSL, Real Salt Lake. No sports betting in Utah, probably not going to be for a very long time. You're watching your competitors sign $200 million deals, one of the most expensive commercial partnerships in MLS history, just because they were able to convince the state legislature to let them sell market access through the teams. I think it creates a really interesting imbalance. And these are the reason I love this story is because I hear about this all the time from people, team executives, everyone in the major leagues is talking about how valuable being able to market, sell market access, access is the important is. word. Yeah. Market access. And now if I'm, if I'm a team in a state that doesn't have sports betting yet, I am definitely lobbying to try to get this because this is such a great, it's such a great way financially for the team to, to get a lot of money up front just for, just for essentially being located in, 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 in that jurisdiction. All right. As somebody who every now and then stammers and hems and haws at a thought, I will give you great kudos right there for half of the worth of a franchise. And then you immediately pivoted to three, five of the Yankees, remembering that you had, I mean, you had to remember Yankees you. were tops at seven. You have to, it's not like it was eight and four. You know, there's some math involved in seven and you went to 3.5. You're, you're complimenting me for being able to cut seven and a half. On and half line. quickly. Yes. Yes. I mean, <laughs> right, well, I'll take it, I guess. <laughs> you should take it because we should inform our listeners that you can't do time zones for your, if, if your yeah. life depended on it, you, you would die in California. Like you would like, Oh my God, I thought it was ahead. Like, so <laughs> yeah, in fairness, there's a reason I'm complimenting fair. you because I, I think you need it. Sometimes your easy math isn't so easy. Fair, fair. You're, all, you're all right. right. That. I'm nothing if not fair. He is Edmund Novi Williams on the Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnick on Twitter at Soshnick. Our producer is Matt Whitehurst, our digital media editor is Cora Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which will soon become the Sportico Media Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.